if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Allow me to explain. It's free, and we all love free stuff. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I have to reconnect my Periscope. We're live. Welcome to episode number one of, or I guess it's number one. I didn't listen to this episode. It's number one of Countdown to March Madness, of course, the program where we discuss everything in the world of college basketball up until March Madness and during March Madness. Because when we did this last year, we thought there'd be a tournament. There wasn't a tournament. We wasted like 10 hours of footage, probably like six hours. Because the first episode we did of this, I think, was almost two hours. So I don't know how long we're going to be here today for this one, but we got lots to cover. And I didn't want to start with this, but I have to. And that is what's going on with the Baylor Bears program. And they have three straight games postponed, a game against Texas Tech on the 13th, which was a huge game this week. You have two top 10 schools playing that's not going to happen and then two games against West Virginia postponed uh, for Baylor so that is unfortunate and Matt Norlander makes a good point now I don't follow him on Twitter I don't really see a need to follow him there's very few college basketball people that I really want to follow but he says the situation Baylor is in right now is the same one that will affect teams in the midst of conference tournaments a month from now. College basketball is begging for a mess if it insists on holding league tourneys butted up against Selection Sunday. Still time to change it. And we've talked about this on the other show. We've talked about this, and I don't understand why they're doing this. Yeah, especially if if one positive test leads to the whole team being out. Um, You know, and it's going to be weird because if, if somebody tests positive at a tournament or during a tournament weekend or week or whatever it is, then does every, is every team going to be in trouble then or any team that played them? I, it's, it there's could be literally no reason. There's no reason for guaranteed tournament teams to even play in these at this point. There's no incentive for them to play. So why wouldn't they drop out? I know a lot of people are speculating that like, let's say Baylor, Baylor doesn't have to play the Big 12 tournament. What the hell do they care? Right. Uh, so the fact that they're doing this without a gap, a, like at least a week gap between conference tournaments and March Madness, I don't like. And I'm thinking the NCAA is stupid. We know that. But I think they have time to give it a week, do the conference tournaments, and have a week between the conference tournaments and the tournament. Like have Selection Sunday right when the conference tournaments are over and then give it another week to get everyone there and make sure that there's not going to be any issues. Right. Yeah. And, and even if you have to do two weeks, I mean, wh- why does it matter if we hold off the tournament? I mean, they didn't do it last year, which, you know, if they would have held off and, you know, pushed it back later, they might've been able to do it. I don't know, but to not have any wiggle room in there and to say one guy's out, your whole team's out is going to create just chaos. I think. 
Yeah, there's going to be issues with that, but uh, we'll move on from that. Hopefully we don't have to cover that too much throughout this until the tournament starts, wherever that's going to be. I don't know if it's actually going to start when they're saying it's going to start. We'll see. Uh, the NCAA is trying their best to screw it up, which isn't surprising. Uh, the AP poll this week, a lot of movement. You got some. A lot of the teams in the top ten lost like last week, and a lot of them didn't move very much. Houston goes from five to eight. Houston is a very good team, but they lost to East Carolina – and then they beat Our Lady of the Lake by 66. I mean, that's only a three-spot drop. I don't get it, but who cares? It's the AP poll. Nobody really cares. But the top ten right now is Gonzaga and Baylor, uh, Michigan, who hasn't played since the 23rd, Ohio State's been on fire, Villanova, Illinois, Texas Tech, Houston, Virginia, and Missouri. Missouri up eight spots after beating Alabama. So uh, other teams that are – I guess you look at the teams that are now in the poll – you got five new teams that are ranked, South Carolina at 20, then 22 through 25. Loyola Chicago getting some love, as they should. One of the best mid-major teams in the country right now, for my money. Um, then you have Oklahoma State, you have Purdue, and you have Rutgers. So a couple of Big Ten teams creeping back in. Uh, UCLA, Colorado, San Diego State, Xavier, and Louisville, Florida, Belmont, some other teams receiving some votes. So no issue with the AP Top 25. I really don't care either way, whether it's good or not. Uh, a couple of teams that have you know, got off to great starts of the season and are now starting to fall. You look at Creighton, you look at Tennessee, you look at Iowa, those are the teams falling. Uh, do you have any things that stand out in the AP poll for you? Uh, I mean, I think everything was pretty fair. Um, you know, uh, CBS put out theirs, and I think Seth Davis had Iowa at 10. I'm glad that they fell a little bit farther than two spots. Um but you know, I I think that it's pretty fair. I don't Villanova maybe will be my one to only drop two spots, but yeah, the um, Villanova I agree with that because they lost to uh, St. John's. And St. John's a very hot team. They're not a great team. They're not a lock for the tournament. They have a chance to get in with the way that they've been playing. But then Villanova let Georgetown hang around with them, so right. it wasn't a great week for Villanova. And I'm I am a little bit surprised that Illinois didn't jump them and make them number five and uh, and Villanova number six. But I'm definitely also surprised that Houston only dropped a couple spots. As good as they are, right? Two losses. Uh, quad two loss and a quad three loss uh, for them, and and they are uh, two and zero oh in quad one, so that helps them. But we'll see. Uh, now we go to my oh, top thirty, which is you know much, much more smooth. Uh, in the big t- uh, in the top ten, I should say this week I have Baylor at number one. So I did move Baylor ahead of Gonzaga, and I, I, it's not really because Gonzaga had trouble with Pacific. I didn't do it because of that. I've just been thinking for weeks that I think yeah. Baylor is a better team. Yeah, you've been saying that for a while. So I just think Baylor defensively, what they can do and how efficient they are from behind the arc, I like that a lot. And Gonzaga is very good, but I, I would take Baylor right now over them, and we'll find out. Hopefully I, they aren't going to play in the regular season, but maybe in the final four, but not even. I guess they're both going to be one seeds. Mm-hmm. They'll be one, two, so they probably couldn't play each other in the final four. Whatever. Unless one of them loses in the regular season, then we could see them before the championship game. But uh, Michigan, I moved up to three. Ohio State goes from eight to four. Illinois goes from 13 to five. I did only drop Houston a spot, but that was because I had Houston in the top four for weeks. And then I moved them back a little bit. I didn't feel like moving. I didn't feel like moving them was that big of a deal just because of how much movement there was. Um, But like I said, I am surprised because the AP usually jumps 
to conclusions or jumps the gun on a lot of things. So I'm surprised that they didn't do that. But uh, I did have Texas Tech go up eight spots to seven, Missouri eight, Texas drops three to nine, and Villanova at uh, 10. So I dropped them seven spots. Uh, 11 through 20, you have West Virginia, Alabama, Oklahoma, Virginia, Oklahoma State makes a big jump, um, as does Purdue, as does USC. 11 spot drop for Tennessee to 18. Loyola, Chicago, a team that I love, the biggest jump of the week for them, uh, 29 to 19. And then 20th, Florida State. Uh, then finally, 21 through 30, Wisconsin, Rutgers jumps in. Iowa drops from 11 to 23. Uh, Virginia Tech drops six spots. St. Bonaventure joins in. VCU joins in. Florida drops a couple. You know, Georgia Tech, Colorado State both getting in. Then Creighton with a 13-spot drop to 30. Creighton is struggling. So uh, five teams that are close to making my top 30. Clemson, Drake, UCLA, Louisville, Xavier, Indiana. And then I uh, did mention Louisville, Drake, UCLA, UConn. Those teams all dropped. UConn I didn't want to drop, but um, they lost to Seton Hall, and they were just uh, they're struggling without their best player. So that's what's happening with UConn. Let's get into the mess that is the net rankings. And, man, it's, it's not as bad as it was at first, but it's still pretty bad. I don't understand how they determine some of this stuff. Like, if you look – like the top four right now I'm cool with. You know, I think a lot of Ohio State fans will be mad that they're seventh, um, which is understandable because Ohio State's eight and three in quad one. They've won more quad one games than anybody in the country. So yeah. I understand that. And, you know, if I were doing the top five of the net based off of quad wins, which I think is something they should look at, I would have Baylor-Gonzaga, Ohio State, or Illinois at three. Ohio State or Illinois, whoever's not a three, put them at four, then Michigan at five. But that's just me. I get, teams aren't getting punished for not playing. Do you have any right. thoughts on that in the Big Ten? I, I feel like that's that's fair. Um, Ohio State at seven is is very surprising to me, um, especially with Michigan and Illinois three and four. Uh, you know, you look at it and with quad one wins, like you said, Ohio State has eight, Illinois has seven, Michigan has four. Um, so I don't know what exactly is keeping them down. I wonder since they weigh the quad three and four so much that with the fact that Illinois three of their 13 wins are in that quad while Ohio State has seven of their 15 and then Illinois has 10 wins in the top two quads Ohio State has eight so maybe that's a a factor I'm not so sure but I don't really see the reason to have Houston ahead of Ohio State in the net right now Houston has a quad three loss Um, you know they're they're six or ten they're ten and one in quad three and four so I'm not so sure why Houston's ahead of them. But looking further, uh, I love that Loyola Chicago's 14th. You know what I hate? Why the hell is Colgate, Colgate. <laughs> They have a quad three loss. They haven't played any games in the top two quads. They're 13th overall. This has to be a mistake. I mean, why isn't anyone talking about this? I think it's broke. I think I think the system's broke. If it's broke, then it's been and they broke moved up. the entire they, time. Yeah, right? They went from 15 to 13. That's I didn't know you could be seven and one in the Patriot League and be top fifteen in the net. <laughs> I wasn't aware of that. So does that mean that they're going to get an at-large bid if they don't win the Patriot? <sighs> no, no way. No, no. Yeah, they're not going to unless they're as stupid as uh, maybe some people think. I would find it hard to believe that they would put a Colgate team in over like Maryland or a Big Ten or Big East or Big Twelve team. But whatever. Um, I would say a team that's overrated in the net slightly. Uh, 
is Tennessee and Iowa, 9 and 10. I mean, I don't see that right now. I mean, the good thing for them is that they have good losses. You look at four; all four losses for Tennessee have been in quad one, and then six of the uh, – six, all six losses have been in the top two quads for Iowa. So I think those two teams are slightly overrated, and despite the fact that I'm wearing a Tennessee-colored <laughs> shirt – uh-huh. I think that they're slightly overrated. Would you? Uh, would you agree? I, I would. I would absolutely agree. Um, I, Tennessee is is a weird one to be up that high in the SEC. I mean, um, I, I understand Iowa just with the strength of schedule, things like that. But uh, Tennessee's been on a slide. Iowa also has been on a slide. So for them to uh, stay consistently in the top ten is very weird. And if you're going to look at the eye test, I mean, I don't see it with Tennessee. I really don't. I thought this team was going to be so much better than what they've been, and they just aren't. I mean, you have a team that has that many lefties. That's pretty cool. Uh, And they're just, you know, they let Kentucky, you know, beat them up in the first half of that game on Saturday. But Kentucky's so bad that um, they (laughs) ran away with it in the second half. So. Another fun topic in the net rankings is that Duke is 71st. Um, you just look at what happened, what's happened to a lot of the Blue Bloods this year. Duke, 71. Kansas, 26. And Kansas will make the tournament, but they're not a very good team. They're 3-7 and seven in quad one. That That's the only reason that they're still going to make the tournament is because all seven of their losses are, quote, good losses. Mm-hmm. Um, but other Blue Blood teams, I mentioned Kentucky. They're awful. Uh, Michigan State is 91st in the quad. North Carolina is not great. They could still make the tournament. I think some people would have them in right now, but they're 50th in the net. And then Kentucky, I don't even know. Is Kentucky even top 100? They shouldn't be. Um, I doubt they are. I don't know. I can't find them. I'm scrolling here. They are 80. Oh, that's surprising. That is surprising. 80th ahead of Michigan State. Good thing for Kentucky is they are five and twelve, but all twelve of those losses aren't really bad losses. I mean, twelve losses is still bad. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they should be in the uh, top hundred. But what do you expect? You know, they have a lot of quote unquote talent, but they're kind of proof that not all five stars are the same five stars. Like you could have you look at some of the five stars in the past at Kentucky; they were good right away. Their yeah. five stars right now, not good. And I think that has a lot to do with, you know, COVID and not having the practices and the workouts and things like that. I think factor into to how much the five stars develop before they actually see the court. So. Yeah, I also think that the fact that none of them can really shoot is a factor. Uh, they don't really have any shooting there. And um, their transfers haven't been as good as they were supposed to be. You look at Oliver Saar and Jacob Toppin, a couple of big transfers they got were supposed to be the big, the real deal. We'll see if Oscar Shubway becomes that next season, but they are not good. And their only chance is winning the SEC tournament. And there's the SEC is not strong. It's not great. But I think Tennessee, Missouri, Alabama, Florida are all much better than Kentucky. So I don't think Kentucky has really any shot to win the SEC tournament, but we've clearly spent too much time on Kentucky considering they suck this year. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's go now to the bracketological stuff from all different sources. I've printed out four different bracketology things plus another. I don't know why I said four. It's actually five. Um, we're going to look through some of the, what they have. Be four plus another. So, Well, you know, some of it's different than others, I guess. I don't know. But first one we're going to look at is Jonathan Warner 
from makingthemadness.com, I think is the website. Uh, you know, I don't really have any that much that stands out for me in terms of this one. Um, one seeds, Baylor, Gonzaga, Ohio State, Michigan. I think that's fair. Um, if Michigan plays again this season, they could be worthy of a one seed. Uh, a couple of things, a couple of teams that I think might be overseeded or underseeded in his bracketology is probably, you know, a team like North Carolina as an eight might be a little much for me. I think they're more of like a nine or 10 if they're in. And I think a lot of people have them close to being in or out. I'm not 100% sure on that. Iowa's a four is a bit of a stretch for me. I think they're more like a five or a six right now with the way they've been playing. They don't scream top four seed to me. And I think the other point that I would have about his stuff is um, the three seeds. Tennessee, I don't see them as a three seed right now. Texas, I'm fine with. Texas Tech, I'm fine with. Houston, I'm fine with. But for the most part, I think it's pretty good. You look at uh, the last four teams in, San Diego State, St. John's, Richmond, and Indiana. So he is a guy who has St. John's in the tournament, which I would love to see. I think they're a very fun team to watch. They have a lot of really good players, or a lot of, I shouldn't really say that. They have a lot of good players that do their jobs. And Posh Alexander has been uh, terrific, and Champagne has been good as well. But he is a guy who has them in. So mm-hmm. I'm Indiana, I mean, they're going to get in, I think. They're I, what, 10, I mean, 10 and 8? Yeah, I would think that they would be in. I, well, they swept know. Iowa. Yeah. They got to overtime with Illinois despite that well. game being horrible. <laughs> they have they their starting five is pretty good. I mean, they're not bad. Trace Jackson Davis will probably be a second or third team All American, despite the fact that I may not love it, but whatever. Um, yeah, but he loves it, so that's all that matters. He does. He loves himself very much, and that's fine. <laughs> whatever. Uh, so that's his stuff, and he's a he's a guy that loves Toledo. Has them as a thirteen. Toledo is going to be on upset. Toledo is going to be a team that I might pick to win the first round as a 12 or a 13 if depending on who they're playing. But all right, let's move on to the next one. This is Tim Kruger of stadium. I'll go over his one twos and threes just to give you an idea of what he's going with here as the ones he has Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, Ohio state. So the same as Warner as the twos, he has Alabama, Villanova, Houston, and Illinois. And as a threes, West Virginia, Wisconsin, Virginia, Tennessee. So once again, Tennessee and Wisconsin, they're not three seeds, I don't think. No, no. <laughs> and the net rankings is going to help them, though. Tennessee's 10th. When they put these out? So I printed all these ones that are from today. Okay. The only ones I printed are from today. The net rankings are updated to today. So I don't get it. And a team that I think is underrated in this, Oklahoma. I think they're like a four seed. He has them as a five. Uh, that's just uh, my thought on that. But overseeding, I think Rutgers is a five is a is a stretch. I think Rutgers is good enough to play like a five. But if you look at their resume, I don't think I see that for them. Yeah, I, how many uh, Big Ten teams does he have? All right, let's find out. Let's see one, two. Try not to miss one. Three, four, five, six. Uh, I had to have forgotten one, right? I'm only counting six, but I think there's more than that. Okay. If he only has six, then now he definitely has Rutgers too high. (laughs) Yeah. Well, his first four out features Indiana, 
and his next four out features Maryland. Maryland. So, okay. I'm not sure if I missed one here. He's gonna have more than six, right? I mean, there's no way. I would think. I don't know Purdue. You know, who does he have? Can you enlist them? All right. <laughs> Iowa, Illinois, Ohio State. I missed on the first count, and okay. I missed Michigan. I think so. I think he has eight. <laughs> Forgot the one seeds. That yeah. Okay. Ohio State. Uh, he, so who else did he have? Purdue. Where's he have Purdue? Seven. Okay, and he has Rutgers at a five. Yes. Okay. Where's he have? I assume the other one's Minnesota. Who's seven. Seven. Okay. Minnesota seven. Which you know I, the net rankings are weird because Minnesota has a quad or uh, Minnesota doesn't have any quad three or four losses yet. They're fifty fifth. Indiana has a quad three loss. They're forty eighth. Purdue has a quad three loss. They're 23rd. So mm-hmm. resume-wise, I don't think it's fair to have Rutgers as a five and have Purdue as a seven. I think you either have both of them as sevens or Purdue as a six and Rutgers as a seven. But who yeah. knows? Uh, first four out, Oregon, Indiana, St. John's, St. Louis, and Maryland, Arkansas, Pitt, Georgia Tech, the next four out. I'm surprised he doesn't have Georgia Tech in. I'm not sure about that. I think they might be teetering on being in. And just to – Think about the playing matches here that he has. VCU Drake would be awesome. Uh, both teams, that would be high flying. I mean, I think Drake. High flying. Drake has been flirting. They've been flirting with losing for weeks, and then they finally lose to Valpo. Now they play Loyola Chicago. We're gonna find out who the big dog is in the that, Missouri right. Valley. Yep, that'll be featured in games of the week. And then the other playing match that will be fun will be Richmond and Western Kentucky. Charles Bassey could single-handedly carry Western Kentucky into a 5-versus-12 matchup. Um, they're not a bad team, but also Clemson is an 8. I don't know. I think this is the guy that had Clemson as like a 2 that one week. So, Ouch. Clemson's been overrated for a while. I'm not so sure they're even good enough to win in the first round. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right, next one. Uh, I didn't pick Lenardi for this one because he updates on weird days for some reason, like Tuesday and Friday or something. I don't know why he wouldn't do Monday. Makes sense. Everyone else does Monday. No wonder he's a C-list bracketologist who just got an extension from ESPN. All right. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports. Very in-depth. First four out. Boise State, surprising. VCU, also surprising. Stanford, Wichita State. Last four in. Indiana, LSU, St. John's, North Carolina. So uh, he's got... St. John's in as well. I think it's the right move. I think St. John's is the last four in team right now, and uh, they got some big games this week. They got to win. Just so, with the, just because of that win over Villanova, or they've won a lot of games in a row. I think they've won five in a row, and they've. Uh, okay. I think they also beat UConn, albeit without James Booknight, who's their who's UConn's best player by a mile, and they've been missing him. Gotcha. But they've been on fire, and they're not. They're in a good enough conference to win enough games to get in and do, I mean, their wins aren't great overall, but they have some good ones, you know, Villanova, like I said, Connecticut's a good win. Providence is a pretty good win. So we'll see. I think they have a chance. Um, I don't know. Uh, Okay. One seeds, Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Michigan, Villanova. I'm not so sure I would have Villanova over Ohio state, but whatever Uh, Louisville, wait, Two seeds: Ohio State, Missouri, Illinois, Alabama. Um, I think I would switch Ohio State and Villanova. Yeah, 
I think Alabama is good enough to be a two seed, but I still think they're like a three right now. Yeah, I agree. I think. But you know, you look at their two losses. A little high. Their two recent losses: Missouri and Oklahoma. So not too bad. But um, a couple other teams that he might be, you know, overseeding a tad bit. I think uh, maybe St. Bonaventure. I like them a lot, but nine seems like a bit much. I think they're more of like a 10 or an 11. A lot can change uh, with that. St. Louis is a nine. They've just been killed by COVID, so I'm not so sure they're a nine right now. I think they're more so of a I team. I don't know if that wording was the best, but. Well, we'll go with it. Um, Tennessee is a three, another stretch. Uh, People really love Tennessee, huh? They do, and I don't even think Tennessee fans like Tennessee. So <laughs> that's true. Uh, Texas Tech, Houston, Tennessee. Like I said, Texas the three seeds. I don't really have much of a problem with that. Um, you look at the playing game. St. John's and North Carolina would be a great matchup, not because the teams are really that good, but mm. I'd be very interested to see who wins that game. And I have to say, I would lean St. John's right now. So. I don't think there's any closing ability with North Carolina. They tried to give that game to Duke on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, they were up like six points with like 40 seconds left, and Duke almost – or Duke had a chance to win. Uh, and they didn't. But Indiana-LSU would be a fine matchup. I think LSU would mop the floor of them just because Indiana is so inconsistent and just not great overall. I just think LSU has a lot of talent up front. Cam Thomas is a stud – Averaging a ton of points. So if they can get him going, they would win that game. Uh, so other than that, I mean, I don't really have much of a problem with this. It's not great, but it's okay. Um, and it's going to change week to week. So, you know, whatever. Uh, Hoops HD. Yeah. Hoops HD is the one team or the one bracketological deal here that doesn't have the Illini as a three or as a two. Really? So you look at the ones, Baylor, Ohio State, Michigan, Gonzaga, everyone's doing that, right? So yep. nothing wrong with that. I don't have a problem with that. But two seeds, Missouri, okay. Villanova, eh, Texas, no. Houston. Texas does not deserve a two seed anymore. Texas is a three or a four. Villanova is a three. Yeah. Illinois should be a two. Uh, I don't know who your other two is going to be. If you're going to take Texas out and you're going to keep Houston in, maybe you go with um, – Alabama, I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what you do. Texas Tech, maybe. I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Playing-wise, VCU Maryland, Snorefest. I have no interest in watching that game. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Maryland's going to be able to rack up enough big wins down the stretch to get in. Colorado State, Arkansas is the other one. I'm cool with that. Uh, if we go over the four and five seeds, you have Virginia Tech, Florida State, Texas Tech, West Virginia as your four seeds. No problem with that. I think all four of those teams are sweet 16 caliber. Uh, five seeds, Wisconsin. I think Tennessee is a five is proper. I'm cool with that. That's mm-hmm. fine. And then Clemson, bit much. Uh, Purdue, I guess. I don't know. I, I think they're more of a Purdue's, six. Yeah, Purdue. Yeah, I agree. Kansas is a seven. A little much. <laughs> Not sure I see that one. Uh, Indiana has a nine. Minnesota has an eight. That's fine. Where does he have Rutgers, or does he even have Rutgers in? Okay, Rutgers is a six. A lot of people like Rutgers again. People are back on the Rutgers train. 
They're kind of like it's just Big Ten basketball. You know, you go on a couple losing streak, everybody forgets about you. You come back, you win a few. Everybody loves you again. It's Rutgers like is like, cats with Illinois. Yes, Rutgers is like a a, a lower version of Illinois. Okay. Everyone knew they had a great lineup and a great roster coming in. They both had pretty good starts. They both started to fall apart for a little bit, and now they're back. Mm-hmm. And Illinois should have beaten Rutgers, but that's besides the point. All right, finally, for bracketology, this is going to be the longest segment of the whole thing every week probably. So. <laughs> and I'm kind of tempted to not go over it every week. I'm kind of tempted to just do it every other week to really dive into the brackets. Yeah. Just so there's, there's so much change. And, uh, you know, all right. This is the Haslametrics bracketo- bracketology quote deserves. Projected deserving qualifiers and seats for this year's NCAA tournament if the regular season ended today. Projections shown utilize the time dependent ratings displayed above, which we don't have. Estimates are more heavily predicated on current wins slash losses, not overall strengths or margin of victory. Projections below will be updated through Selection Sunday. So, one seeds, same thing Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, Ohio State, no problem. Two seeds, Villanova. A little much. Uh, Missouri, Illinois, Houston, I'm fine with the rest there. Uh, three seeds, Alabama, USC, Virginia, Florida State. So USC is a three seed. I know there's been a lot of uh, people discussing how this metric system is, like, blowing up USC. I think Mr. Haslam himself is not a huge fan of USC or something. There's some sort of running joke going on that I don't really have the time to figure out what it is on Twitter. <laughs> But, you know, all right. Uh, okay. Four seeds, Tennessee. What's the thing with Tennessee, man? I just don't see it. I think their roster is good, and they have a good starting five, and they have some guys that have been there for a while that are good. But yeah. they just haven't been good enough. Yeah, I think that, you know, people are riding last year a little bit. But, I mean, they're not they're not bad by any means. Yeah, they're 13-4, and four, but yeah. – they haven't just played. Where as do you well. have them? Five seed. I'm okay. With yeah, that. I think five is good. Four, five. Uh, I'm alright with that. Wisconsin, Texas, and Creighton are the other fours. Creighton's a no from me. Mm. Uh, five is West Virginia. I'm good with that. Oklahoma should probably be a four. Texas Tech should be a four. Iowa five is fine. Six is Virginia Tech. Fine. They could probably be a five. Colorado, Purdue, Clemson. Clemson. I still don't think that they're a top six seed right now, but whatever. Uh, San Diego State as a seven. I love that. San Diego State's very good. And people think about people think about last year and how good they were. They were going to be probably a two seed, maybe probably definitely a two, because they lost that one game. But they were going to be a two seed. They had Malachi Flynn. They had a great team. This year they they lost some guys and they're still very good. I think people are underestimating how good they are. Mm-hmm. Uh Rutgers, Xavier, Oklahoma State as sevens. I'm cool with that, even though I think Oklahoma State's could could jump up to a six. If they beat Kansas tonight, they're going to fly up. Uh, BYU, Louisville, UCLA, Kansas as the eights. I'm fine with that. Florida, St. Bonaventure, Loyola, Chicago, North Carolina as the nines. I think it's 100% disrespectful to have Loyola, Chicago, and North Carolina on the same line. Loyola, Chicago is so much better. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. Uh, Ten seeds, Stanford, UConn, Indiana, Seton Hall. I'd love to see UConn jump up more. It's a team I really like. If they can get Book Knight back, I think they'll start winning again. And they, you know, won some games and played decently well without him, but they need him back. Uh, 
11s, Drake, Richmond, Oregon, and a plan. And then you have 12 seeds, St. Louis, the losers from Colgate and Wright State. 13s, Toledo, Belmont, Santa Barbara, Marshall, and then I'm not going to go over the rest. Uh, Plan-wise, you'd have Arkansas, Utah State, Georgia Tech, Minnesota. So it's not bad, especially since it's like a metric system. It's not like a person. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. That would that would line up. Uh, that would line up Gonzaga and Illinois, I think. Whatever, with you gotta with be US, the best to be the best, as they say. They should play them this week. I don't know why we're not getting that I've going. Seen, I've seen people talking. So you have that would be Baylor, Houston, Florida State. Wait, Baylor, Houston, Alabama, and Creighton in Region A. That would be Gonzaga, Illinois, USC, Texas in Region B. And Region C would be Michigan, Missouri, Virginia, Wisconsin. And then Region D would be Ohio State, Villanova, Florida State, Tennessee. So there you go. All right. Like it. Let's move forward with the bubble watch, which we're not going to go over because I already mentioned the bubble. I just think the bubble is really only going to get going where we get really close to the tournament. Um, so we'll talk a lot about the bubble as we get close and what teams we think will be in. And it's going to be exciting to actually predict the, you know, bracket and actually, you know, see how close we are this time. Because last Yeah, time, you got your bracket cam to, to show the fans. We don't have that set up right now, but it'll be no. set up uh, more towards the tournament. And it's, in, it's blank right now, and I'm going to okay. redo that all later in the year. Uh, okay, I'm trying to find updated odds for the uh, odds to win it all for the top squads. It's very interesting. Um, I'm not sure if these are updated, but I'm assuming they probably are. Yeah, they definitely are. All right. Kentucky's plus 5,000, by the way. A team that's 5 and 12, not even going to make the tournament, it's plus 5,000. Cool. All right. So Gonzaga's the odds on favorite. That's fine. Baylor's plus 450, they're second. Villanova plus 800. Michigan and Texas plus 1200. Wisconsin plus 1300. Creighton plus 14. Houston plus 14. Virginia, Florida State, Iowa, Texas Tech are plus 1600. Kansas plus 1800. And the disrespect of Illinois plus 2000 with Alabama and Rutgers is just crazy to me. I don't see that. You're telling me this Kansas team has better odds? Money on it right now. You're telling me this Kansas team has better odds to win it all than Illinois and Alabama? Really? Okay. Embarrassing. If this Kansas team gets past the Sweet 16, I'd be shocked. So, suck on that, Jayhawks. <laughs> all right. All right. That's enough with the odds. Let's look now at the top five in Haslametrics land. Baylor, Gonzaga, Michigan, Virginia, Illinois. There's your top five. All right, moving forward. Conference outlooks. How do we see the Power Five conferences right now? Here's what I got for you. Okay. Number six is the Pac-12. Same. They'll have about five uh, tournament teams, probably maybe four, because I think the locks right now in the Pac-12 are USC, UCLA, um, Colorado, I think, is probably a lock. And then I'm blanking on the other ones. So I'm just going to go through my notes real quick. Uh, Stanford, 
Oregon's close. I'm not sure about yeah. Oregon, man. They're close. I, they've had so many injuries and so many issues. They've had some great players transfer. They're like Figueroa from uh, St. John's, their yeah. best player at St. John's. So many injuries. So number five, the surprisingly, I went with the ACC. That's exactly who I went with. Because I just think they're so weak at the bottom, so weak. Like yeah. NC State, Wake Forest, those teams are awful. Yeah, uh, I think they're going to get about six to seven tournament teams, though, just because, you know. Because it's the ACC? Yes. And I think those tournament teams are probably going to be uh, Virginia, Florida State, Virginia Tech. Those are three locks. Mm-hmm. North Carolina and Georgia Tech could get in. Uh, Louisville mm-hmm. and Clemson are likely locks. So that right there is five. And then if you have one of North Carolina or Georgia Tech get in, that's six. So. And I don't see Syracuse as a tournament team, so too inconsistent. Uh, number four, the SEC. I had the Big East. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> it's probably because the SEC also is super weak at the bottom. And That's for true. proof of that, in my tier ranking system, I have eight SEC teams in one tier at the bottom. They're okay. so bad. So I just think tournament teams, you have LSU could get in, uh, Florida, Tennessee, Missouri, Alabama, that's four locks. Arkansas and LSU are bubble teams. Uh, that right there is, what, six? So mm-hmm. nobody else has a chance because the best team outside of that is Auburn, and they're banned because their coach is what? Yeah, that's what I thought. A fraud. Oh. Yeah. Uh, number three is the Big East. Okay. And, uh, you know, tournament teams, I'd say they're going to get five to six. Depending on what happens with St. John's, I think Villanova, Creighton, Xavier are tournament teams. That's three. UConn should be able to get in. St. John's and Seton Hall and Providence have a chance. So that's seven listed. I think at least five of those teams get in. So, And then the bottom, no chance for Butler or DePaul. DePaul's a garbage <laughs> program. They don't have a chance. Um, the Big 12, I think they'll get seven teams. I, I really do. Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, right there. Those teams are making the tournament. Right. That is five teams. They just got to get two more. I think Oklahoma State's going to get in. I think Kansas is going to get in. So yeah. that's seven. And then the Big, Ten, the Big Ten's number one. There's no other way around it. I think the Big Ten has uh, eight locks right now, I think. Um, Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Purdue. Rutgers yeah. eight locks. And I just think, you know, down there you get down to the bottom and, you know, they're intermingled. We'll see what happens, how things shake out in the Big Ten. But I think any of the Minnesota, Penn State, Maryland, I mean, well, I think they're going to be battling to, to get in. Yeah, I think Penn State's dead. Uh, they're probably done. But I, I do – I mean, I know a lot of people are trying to say this narrative that Penn State's good. I just – I don't understand it. But, you know – um, I do think Maryland has a chance, and I think Indiana has a chance. So that that right there would be 10 if those two found a way to get in. Right. I don't think they both will, but one of them will, and it'll probably be nine. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have a lot of tournament teams. And I remember Rick Patino said, or Richard Patino, whatever you want to call him, uh, the dude's son is what I'll call him. <laughs> uh, he said this conference is going to have 11 teams in the tournament. 11. Yeah, and he was trying to like push a narrative that, well, you know, if my team, you know, finishes like fifteen and ten, we should still make it. Obviously, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know, they'll get in. Uh, all right, let's go now to conference tier rankings. I ranked Power Six conference by tiers. 
And uh, the Big Ten has five tiers. The Big 12 has four. The Big East has four. The uh, SEC has five. The ACC has six. And the Pac-12 has six. So I'm going to go over those, and we're going to start in the Big Ten. The Big Three in the Big Ten, Tier 1. Michigan, Illinois, Ohio State. Those teams all have a chance to be one seeds. I think Michigan and Ohio State are the most likely to be one seeds, but Illinois' schedule is not too bad down the stretch. I think they're going to be a top three seed in some way. Tier two, Iowa, Wisconsin, a couple teams that got off the hot start. So basically you have the polar opposite in the Big Ten. Illinois and Ohio State are peaking and uh, you know getting better every game. Iowa, Wisconsin are going downhill. That's all there is to it with that. Tier three, there's three tournament locks in this tier. Minnesota, Purdue, Rutgers, Indiana has an outside shot. I also have them in tier three. Tier four is like the uh, very average teams that have underachieved, but also one of them has a chance to make the tournament, which is Michigan State, Penn State, Maryland. And then tier four or tier five is the terrible teams, Northwestern and Nebraska. The frauds in Northwestern started out three and on the Big Ten, lost seven in a row. Yeah. You have any disputes with that? Nope. Quality breakdown. Quality breakdown. Big 12, tier one and a team that's in a tier of its own, Baylor, obviously. Tier two is the very good top five seed tournament teams, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, Texas, and West Virginia. Mm -hmm. Tier three is the likely tournament teams, uh, one of which I think is a lot better than the other. They actually play each other tonight, which is Oklahoma State and Kansas. And tier four is one team that isn't that bad. The other two are like historically bad. TCU, not that bad. Iowa State and Kansas State are horrible. And I cannot believe that Iowa State beat Illinois a couple years ago and they've fallen that far off <laughs> yeah. to the point where they have eight, uh, eight year senior Jalen Coleman lands in their team. So <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. All right. Big East, four tiers. Tier one, tier of its own. Villanova, going to be a top three seed team. By far the best team in the conference, but they've shown some flaws recently. So we'll see if they can rebound and, uh, you know, win some more games. Uh, Tier two, three teams that I think are very good, but I don't know how much of a chance they have to be really well seated. Creighton, UConn, and Xavier. Tier three is Seton Hall, St. John's, and Providence. And tier four is teams that are just straight up bad. Marquette, Georgetown, Butler, DePaul. So, all right, now this one is probably going to cause some issues with people who root for Missouri. I don't think Missouri fans are going to be too happy about my SEC tier rankings, but we'll go with it. Tier (laughs) one, tier of their own, Alabama, a team that I like a lot. Very good on both ends. They shoot the three ball better than almost anybody in the country. I know they lost to Missouri, but guess what? (laughs) Missouri didn't have an unreal, their best half of the season in the first half. Alabama wins that game because Missouri sucked in the second half. Yeah, Missouri did everything they could to try to give that game away. And if Alabama would have won, they would have clinched the conference. And Drew Smith drilled Herb Jones and there was no call. So, Oh, was there a foul there? Well, I think there was a upon okay. further review. I know I, at first I was like, that seems a little weak <laughs> to decide the game on that. But, you know, if we're going to call certain other things, then we got to call that. Um, tier two, Missouri, also tier of their own. So I'm being, you know, I think they're the second best team in the conference. I think that's fair to say. Uh, tier three is two teams that I like and are good. But how good are they? We'll find out, which is Tennessee and Florida. A couple mm-hmm. of very good teams. Tier four is a couple of tournament hopefuls Arkansas, LSU. I think LSU is a better team. Uh, they have a better roster. Cam Thomas, as I said, one of the best scorers in the conference. And then Tier 5 is all the 
very average, not good, no shot to make the tournament teams. Auburn, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Vanderbilt. And I could have separated them into like tier six and tier seven, but who cares? I mean, none of those teams are good. Um, ACC's tier, uh, also a tier of its own, Virginia, going to be a top four seed. So uh, Florida State, Virginia Tech, tier two. A couple of teams that have been very inconsistent, but are also very good, like Virginia Tech has been a confusing team. Like they lost to Penn State by 20, but mm-hmm. they also beat Villanova and they beat Virginia. So I'm not so sure what to make of that. Uh, Louisville and Clemson, a couple of teams that I think have been quite overrated for most of the season, but they're both going to be tournament teams. Tier four is the hopefuls of North Carolina, Georgia Tech. Tier five is the inconsistent, weird teams that probably won't make the tournament, Syracuse, Duke, Pittsburgh. And tier six is the bad college basketball teams, Notre Dame, NC State, Miami, Boston College, Wake Forest. All right, finally, tier one of the Pac-12. USC, I think far and away the best team in the conference right now. Colorado, also very good. I have them as in tier one. Tier two, UCLA, Stanford. You could make the argument Stanford should be in tier one without well they've played. I know they were up 13 with a minute to go against Cal and almost let them back into the game and only won by, I think, six last night. But they're still very good. Tier three, Oregon, just so re- uh, derailed by injuries. I don't know if they're going to make the tournament. Uh, Arizona, I shouldn't have even put them on here. They're tier three. They can't be in the tournament. They are a fraudulent program, and they're, that's all I got to say about that. Uh, tier four, Utah. Tier five is the teams that I thought were going to be better but aren't. Arizona State, Washington State, Oregon State, California. Arizona State, I had them in my top 40 in the preseason, and they have done nothing. They've been bad. That I thought they would be. They, they just, I don't know what the hell happened. I was all on board. You know, Bobby Hurley, Dan Hurley, I like both of their teams, Arizona State, UConn. I don't, I mean, they've just been so disappointed. They they're probably a top three disappointing team in the in the country this year, and it's not all their fault. I mean, they're six and eight, and they've just been horrendous. But I don't know what else to say. I thought they would be very good this year. So, where did you have UCLA? Tier two, tier two is Stanford. So I think USC is a lot better than most of these teams, and Colorado is too. I think. Fair UCLA, enough. you know, a little overrated for me. Uh, tier six, Washington, just a bad team. So there you go with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the automatic bid teams right now, um, there's been a lot of changes to that. And I'm not sure the exact list of them right now, but I could try to, you know, figure those out off the top of my head or the, or the brackets. So I should have probably updated a conference list. But I'll just give you some automatic bid teams that are in smaller conferences that could upset people. How about that? There you go. So on the 12 line, Belmont is a team that could win in the first round. Um, Other 12 seeds on here, I don't think any of those teams. Maybe Western Kentucky could win in the first round. I don't know. Uh, 13 seeds that could win in the first round. Toledo absolutely could. Uh, Winthrop and Liberty maybe. I think Winthrop more likely than Liberty in terms of automatic bid teams. Uh, 14, I would say that uh, none of the 14s that I see right now have a chance. 15s, you know, pretty much the same thing, except I think Grand Canyon could maybe surprise the team. They're well coached, not a bad, not too bad. Uh, and then I would say 16 seeds. There's no chance that's going to happen again for 100 years. So I don't see a scenario where a 16 seed wins the first round again, ever, ever. Yeah. 
Never. All right. Unlikely to happen. Games of the week. Do you have anything tonight that you see as a game of the week? And then I will add to it if you didn't put the ones that I have, even though I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, the only three I have, I mean, they're the the ranked teams that are playing. Ohio State, number five Ohio State goes up against Maryland. Um, Ohio State's only a three-point favorite, which I found odd, um, but is what it is. Uh, Oklahoma State, as you mentioned earlier, plays Kansas tonight. Uh, Kansas is a six-point favorite in that game, and I don't know. It, I don't know. Vegas apparently knows what they're doing, and then Gonzaga has a test against BYU. I don't know how big of a test it will be, but. Maybe one of the better tests in their conference. Well, I only put Oklahoma State, Kansas, and uh, Gonzaga, BYU, because I expect Ohio State to beat Maryland by 30. Um, Three game point I, favorite for a reason. Yeah, I don't know. Maryland, if Maryland has this game, they have a chance to make the tournament. If they don't, I think they're done. Right. Um, a game that was on earlier that I did catch a little bit of was UMBC and Stony Brook in mm-hmm. the uh, America American East. And UMBC had lost two of four in their last uh, four conference games to try to – they're in first place trying to hold on. They did win that game. So, big win for UMBC. And I'm just going to say this now before we get to Tuesday. I'm officially putting Gonzaga on upset watch tonight. Okay. I think BYU has a chance. I really do. Because I think you watch Gonzaga against uh, against Pacific and one takeaway out from that game in the first half, Gonzaga just looks bored. I mean, they really do. They're so yeah. much better than all these teams. And Pacific had them. They were up five or six points with like 10 minutes left, which isn't a lot against Gonzaga, but Gonzaga was like, oh man, now we got to get going. They can't do that against a team like BYU. BYU is a tournament team. They're 14 and four. They have four losses, all of which are against, you know, not terrible teams. They're 27th in the net. They can't be that way against BYU. Now, I think Gonzaga is well enough coached and they have enough veterans on their team to where they will wake up for this game and not look bored like they did against Pacific. Mm-hmm. But I would put them on upside watch. I really would. Because I think there's a, there's a very few teams that can beat Gonzaga in the West Coast. And I think BYU, St. Mary's, and San Francisco are the other three. So, And BYU is the best out of those teams. So, All right, uh, Tuesday, what do you got? Tuesday, the only game I got is uh, number 14, uh, West Virginia playing number seven, Texas Tech. This is a big game because uh, West Virginia came back and beat Texas Tech. I think that was a home game for West Virginia. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Texas Tech was winning that game for the most part, and I expect Texas Tech to win this game. I think they are right now a better overall team, and they're better. Surprisingly, I think they're better defensively than uh, West Virginia is, which usually isn't the case if you look at Bob Hoggins' teams. Very good defensive teams. That's not really the case with this West Virginia team. Um, they're 48th in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. So while well, you have Texas Tech, a team where Chris Beard coaches defense, they're 13th. So I think that's a, a definitely a big matchup there for sure. Um, three games that I would add to that are the MAC showdown between Akron and Ohio, the uh, John Gross battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, Akron is nine and three in the MAC. Ohio seven and four. Toledo eleven and two. And uh, Toledo lost on Saturday to Ball State. Both teams have chance to climb towards good seating in the MAC tournament. So, 
Uh, if Akron can win this game, that puts them at 10-3. and three. That puts them with somewhat of a chance to catch Toledo at the end of the season. I don't think it will happen, but if the MAC tournament happens, I think that puts them in a good spot to be a two and have a chance to win that. So that's a big game. Uh, Creighton and Georgetown is a big game because Creighton, you know, they lost to Georgetown last week, mm-hmm. and they're teetering with, like, getting bad seating and not being – in a good spot to win in the tournament. And they shouldn't be that way. They're a good enough team where they shouldn't be that way. But I don't know. And then another game is uh, I just put it on there, St. John's and Butler. I, Butler's terrible, but St. John's is playing well, and they need every game yeah. to try to get into the tournament. So that's a big game. Uh, that Creighton-Georgetown game is on CBS Sports Network, by the way. Uh, Wednesday, what do you have? Uh, number 25, Rutgers, goes against number 15, Iowa, in the Big Ten. Um, so we'll we'll see how Iowa's doing. Um, they've been slipping. Rutgers has been playing better. So I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, I got Georgia versus Tennessee. Um, see how good your Tennessee, that Tennessee team is you like so much. Um, <laughs> and then I have uh, Marquette against Villanova. I think that uh, that Marquette, although not not great. Um, could give Villanova a game. So, yeah, Marquette. You know they uh, hung around with St. John's. I think a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they beat Wisconsin very early in the season. Um, one thing I would add about the Rutgers and Iowa game is that when they played at the rack a couple weeks ago, Iowa was playing well. Rutgers was not playing well, and going into the game at least, and Iowa only won that game by two. That was a close call. So that's going to be a huge game on Wednesday. I would also add UConn and Providence. Both teams trying to fight to stay in the tournament field or get into the tournament field for some people in their eyes. And then uh, Virginia, Georgia Tech's a big one because Georgia Tech has got to keep winning if they want to have a chance to get into the tournament. And Virginia is a team that uh, can stop them from doing that because they're very good. So uh, that game's on ACC Network Extra. I don't know what the hell that is, but I don't have it. So, And then FS1 is UConn-Providence. And then Rutgers-Iowa, I didn't see a TV network listed for that, so I'm not sure – it's got to be on like, if it's not on Big Ten Network, it's got to be on ESPN or something. I don't know. Fox um, all right, what about Thursday? Uh, BTN is six thirty. BTN. All right, that's right. Thursday, uh, the only game I got down is Purdue versus Minnesota, and that's probably a Minnesota game because Minnesota only plays well at home, right. and the game is at home. So, uh, Colorado Stanford's another game I would add on ESPNU. Both teams. Great chance to make it to the tournament. Um, that'll be a good game because Stanford's been playing well. So, uh, Oregon, Arizona State, I would add just because he is, uh, I just, I wrote ESPN and I almost added that onto that. Uh, anyway, Oregon, Arizona State's a big game because Oregon has to win if they want to have any chance to make it to the tournament. And as bad as you think Arizona State is, they can give some teams some fits. Sure. You know, Bobby Hurley, I think, does a pretty good job of, of coaching them. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, and then another game is a showdown that I know everyone's excited for on ESPNU, Belmont and Eastern Kentucky. Eastern Kentucky is damn good, and they're going to give Belmont a game, I think. Um, Belmont, though, 14-0 in conference play. They're a lock to be the one seed in the Ohio Valley Conference. Tournament. This is a fun game. Eastern Kentucky, you know, I think they're 9-3 and in conference. I wrote 8-3. and I think they might be 9-3. and uh, They're not a bad basketball team at all. So anyone who's, you know, I don't want to watch Oregon, Arizona State because those teams suck. That's not true, but some people might think that. So 
if you're looking to watch a good basketball game, good basketball, it's good Eastern basketball. Kentucky. Yeah. Sure. Um, so Eastern Kentucky is nine and three. They won today. They beat SIU Edwardsville only by four, but I think they're better than that. So that's going to be a hell of a game on Thursday night. Uh, Friday. Did Friday's you play- Friday's the only day that uh, doesn't have any ranked teams playing, but the big game to watch is uh, St. Bonaventure versus VCU yep. for the battle for first place in that Atlantic 10. Yeah, and St. Louis, I thought was going to be St. Louis and Richmond. I thought were going to be two elite teams in this conference. And Richmond got off to that great start. They beat Kentucky. Little did we know Kentucky was so bad that it was that surprising <laughs> that they beat them. Right. And St. Louis, like I said, they've been just killed by uh, issues within the program of the coronavirus. Yeah. And I, I shouldn't say killed because I already said that earlier. Uh, they've been affected. And the Atlantic Ten's weird. I mean, there's there's five, six, two lost teams, um, but they all have different records because yeah. of all the COVID protocols. So, yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of teams in that conference that can surprise people like Dayton. is oh, one yeah. of teams. Dayton yeah. is not as good as they were last year. And Dayton is like the number one. I feel bad for them team because they were going to be a one seed last year. They had Obi Toppin. They were all set to make a big run. And then they, that just sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, this is the two top teams, the Atlantic 10, St. Bonaventure 7-2 and two in the conference, and VCU 6-2. and two. Uh, St. Bonaventure did beat them by 16 on January 20th. So three more games I would add. UAB, Louisiana Tech should be a good game. UAB is uh, number one in Conference USA, 9-1. and one. Louisiana Tech's a solid team, 8-4. and four. So, you know, we'll see what happens in that game. Uh, Georgia Tech-Clemson, two teams that – one of which I think Clemson will make the tournament. Georgia Tech, like I said, they, they need to keep winning that game's on ACC Network. And then a uh, solid Mountain West showdown, Wyoming and Utah State. Utah State is on top of Mountain West right now at 11-2. and two. Uh, Wyoming is 4-8, and eight, but Wyoming is a team that could beat the – they're like the uh, – they're like the Penn State of – they're like the Penn State of the Mountain West. They don't have a great record, but they can play – up to the competition of their teams that they're playing. So like Utah State, or let's say Colorado State, and Wyoming played twice last week. Uh, Colorado State won both those games by two and by nine. So they hung around with a very good Colorado State team. So Wyoming, Utah State on FS1 on Friday night. Uh, Saturday, I know we've had a couple of unfortunate postponements on Saturday, but what do you see? Uh, Saturday's got a bunch of good games, um, like most Saturdays. Indiana goes to Ohio State. Uh, that I think that's going to be a good matchup. Uh, we'll see how good Ohio State is. They got a couple tough games this this week, uh, and you know they beat Iowa twice. So um, Louisville goes to Virginia Tech, should be a good game. Um, Loyola versus Drake, and then game of the game of the game, day, right there. Yeah, that back is the game back, of the day. Two day, oh two man, days. can't wait. Um, Another good one, uh, number 12, Oklahoma, goes to number 14, West Virginia. Um, TCU, who, you know, they're they're struggling, but they're playing Texas, who's also been struggling. So I'm excited to see that game. And then uh, Tennessee plays LSU in a game that I think LSU probably needs to win to keep their hopes alive. So. Yeah, I did write down um, Texas Tech Baylor, which is postponed, unfortunately, so that yeah. game won't happen. Even if that game was played, game of the day, Loyola Chicago Drake. <laughs> don't even care. Uh, did you say Oklahoma West Virginia? I did. Yes. Yeah, that's an ESPN Plus game. What the hell's up with that? <laughs> that's terrible. How is that not on a network? It's a good thing you pay for that, right? 
it'll well it'll probably end up being on ESPN because Baylor and West Virginia or right. Baylor and Texas True. Tech getting postponed. Um, did you say Louisville, Virginia Tech? I didn't. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay, because I was kind of zoning out when you were talking about <laughs> That's that. That's fine. Um, Indiana, Ohio State. You said right. Uh-huh, that was my first okay, one. Loyola Chicago Drake is the best game of the day. It's on ESPN two. Thank God it's on an actual network because I've been watching ESPN three, the streaming <laughs> stuff yeah. for when I watched Loyal, uh, when I watched Illinois State take Drake to overtime, and the next day Drake beat him by thirty. So very exciting. Uh, the Ramblers, one of my favorite non-powered conference it. teams in the country. Such a good team. Nine, uh, they're twelve and one in the Missouri Valley. First place. Drake is nine and one. Just a great matchup, and it'll happen on Sunday as well. Uh, did you say UConn Xavier? I did not. That game is on Fox. UConn Xavier, both teams could make the tournament, uh, but like I said, UConn, another team that has to keep winning. Uh, Bowling Green and Toledo, a great MAC matchup. Uh, Toledo lost to Ball State on Saturday last week. They're eleven and two in the conference. They need to keep winning to secure that number one seed. And then Bowling Green is six and six, but they have some pretty good players on that roster that can you know, show up and do some things, uh, you know. Uh, Villanova Creighton, did you mention that one? Nope. Another good Big East matchup, Villanova Creighton. Creighton, another team that is slipping in the seedings. I think they're still safe in terms of being in the tournament, but uh, we'll see what happens in that game. Um, Let's see, Belmont and Moorhead State, a solid matchup in the OVC. ESPN three, the only team that's really challenging Belmont in the OVC in terms of records is Moorhead State at twelve and two. So uh, interested to see what happens in that game. Did you say North Carolina or Virginia? Nope. North Carolina has to win this game. If they lose this game, they're done. And they're almost already done to begin with. But uh, that game's on ESPN for some reason. Um, then UAB Louisiana Tech once again. That's a back to back game. Like I said, Louisiana Tech's a solid team. UAB's on top of Conference USA. All right, Sunday. There's more Sunday games that are good than expected for me. Yeah, uh, and one other game. Arkansas plays Missouri on uh, Saturday. Yeah. Which Arkansas was. has to win to have a chance to get in. Um, so Sunday, maybe Michigan-Wisconsin, depending on if Michigan wants to play a basketball game this year. Um, Fair. And then uh, Memphis plays at Houston, which I think is a, a game that Memphis – you know, has a chance because possibly. Memphis is overrated trash. Okay, and then uh, the Loyola Drake rematch. So. Oh God, we get it again. Two days in the same weekend. <laughs> oh man, uh, Saint Bonaventure UMass is a pretty good matchup. Saint Bonaventure, yeah. as I said, top of the A10. UMass is in a three-way tie for second place at six and two, so mm-hmm. they're tied with. Um, VCU, and I don't remember the other team they're tied with. Davidson's also six and two. Yeah, what's Richmond's, St. Louis? Richmond's four and two, and St. Louis is one and two. So those are all your two lost teams in the Atlantic. Team. Yeah, that game's on NBCSN. So a weird NBCSN basketball game. Uh, Marquette Seton Hall. Seton Hall has to keep winning to have a chance to get into the tournament. And you better watch out for Sandro Moshakasvili. Okay, he doesn't mess around. Good player. Um, Minnesota Maryland, I think, is a pretty good game. Maryland has to keep winning, so you got that one. And then uh, a, a good matchup in the uh, in the summit: South Dakota State and Oral Roberts. South Dakota State five and one, two games behind in the, in the win loss column to a nine and one South Dakota team. Oral Roberts seven and three in conference play. So now we get to the part where I get to talk about how great players are. All right, Big Ten. Who's your player to watch? 
There's a lot of players that I love. I'm going to love this section. Uh, obviously, I'm going with Io DeSumo. That is such an easy pick. <laughs> Garza, Io and Garza are the two cop That's out picks. That's fine. Uh, just coming off a, a triple-double, uh, maybe the best player in the conference. I'm going with him. Well, I would agree with that, and with with the thing that's. I didn't know me, we were picking unbiased. no namers, but go ahead. I'm unbiased, as you can see. The thing behind me, yeah, unbiased. Uh-huh. Uh, I went with EJ Liddell at Ohio State. Okay, he's averaging 15 like points, six rebounds, and an assist. He scored 15 plus uh, points in the last four games. You look at the Illinois Ohio State game. Ohio State doesn't even come close to winning that game without him. So, mm-hmm. um, I think he's the guy in the Big Ten and the Big Twelve. I kind of did sell out a little bit. I don't know if he's the best player in the Big 12, but I love him so much that I had to pick him. So go ahead. Who's your guy? Jared Butler. I'm close to that. I went with my guy, Davion Mitchell, who is absolutely an All-American player. If you you are someone who votes for the All-American teams and you don't put Davion Mitchell in the second team, you should literally get your vote, right to vote, taken away. I mean, there's no way this guy's not an All-American. 13 points, two assists, five rebounds, or two rebounds, uh, two rebounds, five assists, but it gets better. Efficiency. He's shooting 49% from three. That's pretty 54% impressive. 54% from the field for a guard. Pretty Are you kidding me? Oh, and by the way, let me just mention this. He's the best on-ball guard defender in the country, and it's not even close. The only guy that's close is his teammate, Jared Butler, who you mentioned. If you don't think that Davion Mitchell is an All-American, get out. And I'm not kidding. All right, Big East. I went with Jeremiah Robinson Earl of Villanova, averaging 15.3 points a game and 7.3 rebounds. I'm going with a guy who has to be an X factor for his team to get into the tournament, and that's the guy I mentioned earlier. That's Posh Alexander for uh, for St. John's. He's uh, not even the leading scorer. I think Champagny's the leading scorer there, but he's the guy that's got to get him there. He carried them in that Villanova game to get that win. He's averaging 11 points, three rebounds, four assists. I think he's a very good player, and he's going to be the guy they need if they want to get into the tournament. Uh, SEC-wise, where are you going with it? Uh, I'm going with Moses Moody from Arkansas. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to have to win some games to get in, and uh, this is this is a guy that's going to have to carry him. He's averaging 16 and a half a game, five five and a half rebounds, and he's shooting 45% from the field. So. I'm going with the guy that drives the bus for his team, and that's Xavier Pinson at Missouri. When he goes, they go. 14 points, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, yeah, you don't like Missouri. I get it. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, but – if they're going to want to overtake Alabama, which I think is a little bit of a long shot right now, but if they're going to want to win that SEC tournament and win a lot of games to get even better seating, Xavier Pinson's got to be the guy they go through. Because let me just tell you right now, Mark Smith sucks. Uh, ACC, where are you going? Uh, I went with Justin Champagne. Uh, I I think that Pitt uh, still has an outside shot of making it. Um, they got to get some wins. And I think that he's going to have to lead them there. Uh, he's averaging 19 a game. Uh, 12 rebounds, so average in a double-double. And uh, I decided that that I was going to pick somebody that needed some help to get to the tournament. So I also went a similar route. I went with Jose Alvarado from uh, Georgia Tech. 17 points, three rebounds, four assists. He's their leader, energy guy. Uh, you know, he scored 19-plus in four of the last five games. Another guy that when he goes, they go. And Georgia Tech has to find a way to get into the tournament. And I think – that I keep forgetting to change the banner, so I think he's the guy yeah. at Georgia Tech. Uh, Pac-12. Uh, Pac-12, I went with Evan Mobley of USC. Uh, 
16 a game, nine rebounds, shooting 58% from the field. Um, best player on the best team. I think this is probably the only one or one of the only ones where we're going to go with the same pick. And I went with the same guy. He's a freshman superstar. You know, he's yeah. hard to stop. He's very, I, he's the, he's the type of player that I think can help them and be their number one guy for them to make a run. And we saw it against USC. I mean, nobody's really going to stop him mm-hmm. in the Pac-12 at least. Now, when you get up against the big dogs, it becomes a bit of a different deal. But uh, we'll find out soon. Uh, Atlantic 10, did you pick anyone of significance? Don't don't watch a lot of Atlantic 10. I picked Kenny Lofton, uh, A, because of his name. and Great B, B because uh, St. Bonnie's the best team right now. And this kid's averaging 16 a game, five assists. One and a half steals, and he's playing 38 minutes a game. So impressive. Seems like a lot. And he's he's got some big games this week. They got VCU and UMass, so mm-hmm. he's going to need to get it, get it going for them. I went with a guy that's another guy that if they're going to make the tournament, he's got to be the guy, and that's Javante Perkins, senior at St. Louis, 17 points, three rebounds, two assists. Um, he's just got to lead them there, and he's a veteran leader. They have a lot of those guys. You look at Hassan French there. Uh, that's the type of roster that St. Louis has, and that's why I thought they were going to be so good. So if they can actually play like five games within a, an entire month for once, that would be good for them. Uh, what about the American Athletic Conference, which is a one-tournament team conference? The rest of the yeah. conference is not yeah. you know, great. And went, went with the best player, Quentin Grimes, uh, 16 a Dang game, six, six and a half rebounds. <laughs> but go ahead and give it to me. I was so tempted to go with Marcus Sasser of Houston, okay. but I went with Grimes. Yeah, You know, uh, I think he's the best player on the team, and he's a transfer from Kansas, and he's worked out well there. Even though I think Dijon uh, Giroux is very good there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Marcus Sasser is one of the best shooters on that team. <clears throat> but I had to go with the best guy there. So Houston is just a lock. I mean, there's no way they don't make the tournament uh, as, a, as a very good seed as well. Missouri Valley. Uh, Sean Quan. Him, Phil, <laughs> of Drake. He can play. Is that how you say it? I don't know. <laughs> 14 and a half a game, six rebounds, shooting 60% from the field. Impressive. Uh, I went with the ultimate doesn't look as good as he is, and that's Cameron Crutwig of Loyola Chicago. He does not look like a basketball player, sure. but he's very good. 15 points, <laughs> six rebounds, two assists. And one of the best stats in the country. And by the way, he's very efficient. That's the guy with when the comes scoring. No, that's the guy with the uh, mustache and the uh, bad hairline. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of the best, one of the four players in Missouri Valley history with 1,500 points, 800 rebounds, and 300 assists. Who are the other three? Percy Hawkins at Bradley. Oh, this this uh, this guy named Larry Bird at Indiana State, he's and Oscar Robertson at Cincinnati. So. Wow. He can play, and he's going to be the number one guy to lead Loyola Chicago where they want to go because they're in a conference where you could have these elite bigs and they can completely take a game over. They're not playing in the Big Ten. They're not playing in the Big 12. They're not playing in the Big East where you have these superstar bigs. I mean, that's just what Loyola Chicago can do, and he's the guy that's going to do it. Uh, West Coast Conference, I'm assuming you went with a guy from Gonzaga. Is that fair? Uh, I actually wrote down everyone that starts for Gonzaga. Right. So. Good. <laughs> Uh, I went with Corey Kispert, who is uh, the best shooter in the country for me, yeah. best three-point shooter in the country, Corey Kispert. You could go with Drew Timmy or Jalen Suggs, the other two of Gonzaga's big three. Yeah. You could go with those guys. But Kispert, I mean, this guy can shoot it, and I'm excited to watch them tonight against BYU because that's going to be a really good matchup. I could also see a scenario where Gonzaga beats him by 50. But, um, 
you know, he's just a, he's averaging 20 points a game, four rebounds. He just does what he needs to do. And mm-hmm. I saw that video where they were interviewing Gonzaga's entire team. Like, what do you do? For, what's your job on the team? Because everyone's like together and they're all as a system. And Corey says, my job is to lead and shoot threes. So go. nailed it. Uh, all right. National player of the year race. I broke this down into four tiers. So okay. did you write anything down for this? Nope. You, it's pretty bro. obvious because Luca Garza is going to win it because yeah. his numbers are so good, even though he's been pretty bad recently. Uh, but tier two, I think guys that have a chance, but not really. Jared Butler, Io DeSumo, Baylor, Illinois. Uh, mm-hmm. Tier three, Corey Kisper, Drew Timmy, a couple of Gonzaga teammates. And then tier four, Jalen Suggs and uh, Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State. By the way, both of those guys, the tier four guys will easily be higher draft picks than the other three tiers. Um, I think Suggs and Cunningham are actually like top six locks right now in the NBA draft. So hmm. we'll see. And then finally, the All-American section. I picked first team and second team All-American picks is what I went with. I just did first team. So all right, so, I'll, so I'll just throw it out, and then you can go easy yeah, years. Yeah, we'll do that. This is my first team. Uh, Jared Butler, Io DeSumo, Corey Kispert, Drew Timmy, Luca Garza. We're on the same page. I had okay. the exact five as well. <laughs> Second team, Cade yeah. Cunningham, definitely think he's a guy. Jalen Suggs, same thing. Davion Mitchell. If you don't pick Davion Mitchell, I mean, seriously, <laughs> you're not watching the right thing because this guy can take over a game defensively or offensively. Either way, he can do it. And we should all thank the good Lord if he's up there that he left Auburn to go to Baylor. I mean, that's so good for the sport. Um, Anyway, Trace Jackson Davis, I didn't want to put him on there, but his numbers are too good for him not to be in consideration. And then I went with Kofi Coburn. I just think that there's no other center that has the impact that he has, and I don't really see a way that he's not a a second-team All-American. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, When's the last time that Illinois had two All-Americans? Even if it's a homer pick, I'll take it. When was the last time Illinois had two All-Americans? Had to be 05, right? Never. Did it happen in 05? Maybe. I'm looking this up now. This is like a line eye basketball podcast stuff. <laughs> I I I don't know. Did both Darren and D make it? I don't think they did. I'm gonna go with no. Yes, they did. They had three. No. Oh. <laughs> Brown first Lutherhead. D Brown first team, Lutherhead, Darren Williams, second team. Gotcha. North Carolina had one. Screw them. Um, so We'll get to the last portion, which I think you're going to read these off. Yeah. Uh, section. Yeah, mix, fix, pick. So uh, we don't really do a lot of gambling stuff on our Line Eye podcast. We didn't really do it a lot this year or last year on this podcast. But, you know, people like lines and, you know, what people think, uh, you know, you should pick or, you know, you, they pay to join discords or whatever. But my brother, uh, Ryan McVickers, dabbles a, a little here and there in – the uh, art of gambling on sports totally legal in Illinois guys. So just so you know, Um, so we're going to probably have him on a show eventually, but uh, his three picks for the games tonight, uh, like we mentioned earlier, Ohio state is a three point favorite. Um, He's got Ohio state winning that game uh, with the minus three. Uh, He has Oklahoma state plus six and a half. Because, as he wrote here, Kansas sucks. And then he said, Zags anything 
better than minus 12 you take. So, um, and they're minus 10 and a half. So he's got the zag. So uh, not, not uh, promoting that you should gamble, but if you do make fix picks are T O S U, as he says, minus three Oklahoma state plus six and a half and Gonzaga, I believe minus 10 and a half. So. No, I don't do these things, but I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, give you my thoughts on these picks, whether they're going to hit or not. Ohio State minus three. Cash. I think it'll hit. Yeah, I think it will. Oklahoma State plus six and a half. Yes. And Gonzaga minus ten and a half. No. Okay. I think Baylor keeps it within 10. Or, uh, Baylor? BYU. I think BYU, <laughs> I think BYU keeps it within 10. I don't know. We'll see. Sounds good. All right. Well, this was already an hour 15, so that was good. Uh, we will do this again next Monday, I guess. Uh, we'll, you know, do more of like – what went on in that week and some kind of trends of in terms of what uh, people are thinking with brackets. I don't think we're going to look too in-depth at bracketology every week. Yes. But, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, this was great. And uh, episode two will be next week, uh, next Monday on the 15th. And we'll see you then. Later.